You get more out of life when you go out to a movie. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Delicious things to eat. The popcorn can't be beat. The sparkling drinks are just dandy. The chocolate bars and the candy. So let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Let's all go to the lobby to get ourselves a treat. Hello. Welcome once again to Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. Uh, this is a podcast that has been somewhat on hiatus uh, for a bit due to motivation. Uh, similar to uh, some other podcasts like uh, Dustin Watson's podcast. Um, and he eventually joined up with a co-host to get it more, um, I guess, regularly. And so uh, I've decided to try to do the same thing here. And uh, I've done a number of podcasts with this gentleman, and uh, he knows his stuff. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hey, this is Barrett Heisner from Virginia. Yep, Barrett's been on uh, the Dark Discussions podcast, and will continue to be on the Dark Discussions podcast as a, a quote-unquote, sometimes Doug, quote-unquote, co-host. And what that means is uh, there used to be a podcast called Har Etc., and when one of the co-hosts could not join, they asked this guy named Doug to join. And so he was always called the sometimes Doug, but he appeared on the podcast pretty regularly. And uh, that's pretty much what uh, Barrett's been doing uh, when we need an extra co-host. Uh, so uh, welcome to uh, Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. And hopefully uh, we can get this podcast once again back uh, to uh, a regular Rotation. Hopefully, we're going to try to start it off as a monthly podcast, similar to what it was prior. Um, now, uh, the old version of the podcast was myself reviewing six, five, four, or so uh, DVDs slash Blu-rays and giving my feedback on these boutique releases and the films, the quality, uh, the extras. And uh, the history behind those films and whatnot. Unfortunately, that that took a lot of work and not being paid for it with a couple of kids, full-time job and whatnot. uh, It kind of was not regular anymore. And uh, the motivation to do all the research was tough. But having a co-host, as always, makes it a little easier. And uh, we're going to change it up a bit. We're not going to be that. We're going to do a review of a film, then talk about news, talk about... Um, VOD, cinema, and disc releases, and what we've been watching, things of that nature. So it's more of a uh, a la carte type of podcast um, where we'll do a film review, but also uh, news and and releases and such. Anything else you wanted to add, Barrett, uh, before we get into uh, uh, the film we're probably going to talk about tonight? Uh, no, I, don't, I think that was a good assessment of what we'll be doing. All right, sounds good. All right, 
So uh, the film that we're going to discuss, uh, why don't you uh, let everybody know what it is? We watched a movie called Voodoo. It came out in 2017. Um, it was directed by Tom Constabile and stars um, Samantha Stewart, Ruth Reynolds, um, and a few other people. Um, I would say those two were the main characters. Samantha Stewart's the main, main character. Is this it? Finally made it to LA. Woo! You made it. Hi, Daddy. Here you go. I fell in love with him, though. And his wife, man, she was so scary. I mean, you know, I don't, I don't believe in that kind of, like, voodoo stuff, but oh, there was something about her, man. I mean, she started, like, speaking in this weird language, then her, like, eyes started rolling in the back of her head. Trust me, it was scary. You would have been scared, too. She's here. Apparently, she's in Los Angeles. On IMDb, it says when Danny, an innocent Southern girl, vacations to Los Angeles to evade her increasingly complicated life, she learns that escaping her past isn't as easy as she hoped. That's actually a really good um, IMDb uh, sentence or description because it really doesn't it tell is. you anything. Yeah. It tells so, you nothing. Yes. <laughs> yeah. So, so if you go into this without. And I actually, I haven't re- watched the trailer. Um, I went in blind. So if you go into this blind, you would be completely surprised uh, based off of that description. Uh, Absolutely. But that doesn't even sound like a horror movie. <laughs> right, right. But that's 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 the thing is that even with that description, we know it's a horror film, so you know something's going to happen. The question is, what type of horror film and, and whatnot. Um, so yeah, I guess, <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, let's discuss, uh, originally how we heard about this film. Um, and uh, I'll go first since I was one that brought the idea up to you. And, and to be honest, I, how I picked the, the film was, it was a film that I kind of watched once, uh, when I bought the disc, I actually bought the disc. It's like twelve ninety nine, thirteen ninety nine on, uh, Amazon, for example, but you can pretty much find it anywhere on uh, target or whatever. And, um, I thought it was, uh, an interesting film. So when I was thinking of doing a, this podcast and I had some free time over the weekend and, and whatnot, I, I picked up like a handful of discs and this is one of them that was there and I said, Oh, this is, this is an interesting one or possibly an interesting one. We'll, we'll see what you thought of it when uh, we get to you. Um, but I actually heard about it through, uh, the Bloody Bits podcast. Um, basically, Jason Lloyd of Horophilia uh, runs a, a podcast that's quarterly, basically, that releases reviews of all these new VOD films. And at the time, in 2017 or 2016, uh, actually, I think came out, it actually came out on 2018 um, to VOD and disc. And uh, I actually did a review on that podcast for another film, and I can completely forget what it is, unfortunately. But I remember uh, Dustin Watson, who I mentioned earlier tonight, um, actually was assigned this film here, 
and he, he thought it was okay. He didn't, he didn't think it was fantastic or anything, but the description he, he gave and his review, uh, spoiler free actually, or pretty close to spoiler free, uh, was really interesting. And so, um, I decided to, uh, pick it up, um, and, and got the disc. Um, so that, that's actually how I heard about it. I just heard about it like that. Um, now what about you? Had you heard about this film before I brought it to your attention? I had not heard about this film and finding it was difficult just because it's such a generic name, voodoo. There's a lot of voodoo movies out there. And this one actually isn't even, I couldn't find it on Wikipedia even to, to get a description or anything. Um, but I found it on Tubi for free streaming and um, I'm used to Pluto. I've used Pluto before and Pluto has a lot of ads and I thought um, Tubi wasn't so bad for ads. So I was kind of impressed with Tubi um and i watched it because you said this would be the movie we'd review so it um as far as how i feel about it (laughs) i i I have two minds of it it's one of those types of movies where i'm like wow i can't believe they went there and then part of me is like "Eh, it's a little slow in the beginning and um i don't know i guess we'll get more into that as we talk about it but it, it i liked it generally let's put it that way sure sure yeah yeah i i liked it uh pretty much as well um it was gonzo enough the second half of the film to appeal to um grindhouse midnight horror fans and the first half like you said it was a little slow but if, if you're into cinema verite or or, or um found footage films um you would you would like it even if it was quote unquote kind of slow uh, because again it was really more a day uh, or a weekend in the life rather than anything um yeah horrific so it was more trying to get you to know who the two girls are that the film's about before it went into the gonzo horror that actually um lasted for 30 minutes it, it might have been. It felt longer, like forty-five. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, I think you're right. Well, the movie's an hour and thirty minutes or so, and I think that yeah, the Gonzo stuff starts around one. I mean, fifty minutes in, so or forty-six minutes in. So you you could be right. It could be anywhere between thirty to forty minutes. Um, and and the thing is about the Gonzo stuff. Um, well, well, that that's the thing. Like you said a mixed mind and I can understand why some people would love this film and some wouldn't. Yeah. Not. Um, people who want to see crazy, insane uh, visuals and horror elements and aren't offended by some ex- extremes would, would think this is, a, this is a really good Halloween horror film. Um, and those who would, wouldn't necessarily like that stuff may, may actually be quote-unquote upset with the film um but but also the thing that's interesting about the film too is the like we were discussing the first half of the film is completely different than the second half of the film right i mean the first half Mm -hmm. if you're into found footage and and the usual found footage it could be your thing and then the second half is is the 1970s italian horror european horror craziness yeah Dario Argento and 
Yeah, I mean, even Rob Zombie stuff, right? I mean, yeah, Rob yeah, Zombie's exactly. last film. Yeah, so I think it's more out there than Rob Zombie, honestly. Yeah, 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 yeah. I could, I could see that. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. Um, so yeah, let, let's uh, set it up. I'll, I'll set it up um, because uh, again, the IMDb was a little uh, weak intentionally, and that was probably a good thing. Um, basically, Danny or Danielle is probably her name, but they, she goes by Danny. Um, goes to Los Angeles to visit her first cousin, Stacy. Uh, and Stacy, uh, lives in this, um, fairly decently sized house, probably rented with like three or four other people, it seems, uh, to pay for the rent. Um, not sure what Stacy does for a living, but, uh, either way, you never find out. Yeah. (laughs) And Danny decides to visit her out there. And, uh, part of it is to just get away and and she basically says that she may stay three months and maybe even longer they're cousins um, right yeah first cousins yeah. um and they're from new orleans um and so obviously the first 40 to 50 minutes of the film is introducing them and also uh stacy showing um danny around greater los angeles because they go to venice beach they go to uh hollywood boulevard they go to oh tells that a road road drive or whatever it's called i forget what it's called the the one yeah and uh various other places out in um los angeles area um and stuff so they walk on the stars and all that yeah right right i mean there's some cute things like you know so because these are younger uh women um they see Marilyn Monroe's uh, handprints with Jane Russell's handprints and Danny doesn't know who Jane Russell is. And it's yeah. kind of fun, you know, so if you're a movie fan, everybody knew who Jane Russell was back in the day. Obviously Marilyn Monroe has surpassed um, as a Hollywood star to become like an icon. But Jane Russell was, was as, probably as huge and as, beautiful as, as Marilyn Monroe was back in the day. And they were both in uh gentleman prefer blondes. It was, or it was, or, or diamonds girl's best friend, you know, whatever the movie was. And they, they had done a, uh, uh, handprints in front of a, a theater and it, it's well known. The picture, people have seen the picture before. So um, let me start with one of my, my, one of my biggest beefs with the movie. And that, yeah. well, there's, I actually have two big beefs with the movie. <laughs> One is the found footage aspect. I don't think it was necessary, and I think it can detract from it at times. Um, I kind of have an idea why they did it when you get to the second half. It does make that half a little stronger. Uh, But it's really hard for some of the scenes for me to believe that the camera is around. You know what I mean? Yeah, okay. Okay. Let's uh, give some examples uh, because there there was a bunch of scenes. There's scenes where they're partying at the pool at the house, or not partying, but just hanging yeah, out. Yeah, like at the pool at the where house. is the camera and why is it there? You never actually see the camera, you know, because it is the device that's showing everything. So yeah. it just feels in some scenes, and I can't I can't really give you particulars. It's just a feeling I have all the way through it of this this camera's there, but who's holding it at what time is always hard to tell and why they'd be holding it you know what i mean especially in the second half 
Right, right. Yeah, okay. That's fair. That's fair. Yeah, well, let's let's talk about that. So that point about the camera. So they decided to do it found footage. Uh maybe maybe it was cheaper because then you know they don't have to buy all those special cameras and dollies and use yep. drones for you know weird shots and all that other stuff. So, you know, for a young filmmaker, it's an easier thing to do. Um that's obviously probably the main reason, but um they Explain a little bit why they're doing the filming, even though it is more implied than actually uh, verified. And that is she's documenting her trip mostly for her, oddly for her father. Yeah, that that I found strange. (laughs) But a lot of things they do, she probably wouldn't want to show her father. And when I say a lot of things, nothing outrageously illegal or, or anything just like some marijuana smoking and and flirting with with men and stuff that a young person probably wouldn't want to show their parents even if their parents knew that most likely that would be occurring for college age kids um but you, yeah yeah it's uh it, it just feels a little off sometimes i'm not saying it totally distracts detracts from the movie it's just probably one of my bigger problems with the movie, which is small. <laughs> sure, sure. And, and uh, it's a legitimate point. Um, I did read reviews um, last night and way back when I first watched the film like two, three years ago. Uh, and some of the nitpicks or, or even main issues with some of the reviewers was specifically that um, the camera was recording, the battery for the camera seemed way too strong yeah. for, especially back uh you know three years ago two years ago when the film was made and then also um who was holding the camera uh during the second half um, i think i know who it's supposed to be but we can discuss that later okay yeah 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 i mean i mean it's i mean i kind of generally get it was a, a collection of individuals and we'll explain those individuals but you may have a different theory than i um then okay, my other yeah. problem yeah. my other problem was her accent was not always good right and you know it's all right well that's the thing she she honestly is a i did research on the actress uh it's a real pretty woman she's done a lot of uh uh tv work uh she became, was a regular character on a couple of soap operas and things of that nature and has done some uh, other films that have been low budget, like um, a college comedies, things like that, uh, or sex comedies, whatever you, you want to call them. Um, but she is actually from the South. But, she is. Yeah. But the problem is when the accent hit, appeared or not was she was supposed to be from raging Cajun South. So her accent would be different than the normal Southern accent. And sometimes she hits it and sometimes she doesn't. That's the problem with it. Right. Right. Um, and it's funny too, because the other actress, um, Ruth Reynolds, who plays Stacy, her cousin, uh, is also from, you know, New Orleans or Louisiana area. And she kind of just sticks with a, a normal accent pretty much throughout the film. I felt. Yeah. Yeah. She definitely does. 
Right. And and maybe maybe that would have been a better thing to do is not try to get the Cajun accent and just either go on with her regular Southern accent or do what Ruth Reynolds did, uh, which is just play a you know normal uh, Midwestern accent, I guess. Yeah. So yeah, those those that was uh, mentioned once or twice as well. Uh, one other thing I read that some folks had a problem with, and it really wasn't anything that um, bothered me because I know what they're doing, you know, similar to like witch movies or, or mm-hmm. things like that. Um, there was two reviews I read that complained about, uh, that their take on voodoo. And I think that is unfair because again, the voodoo doesn't really play that much into it, but what it was is that they're just using the voodoo of Hollywood movies, not trying to portray it as anything other than that. And some folks, like people who are consider themselves as witches, are, are insulted with witch movies because they say that's not what Wiccans are. Wiccans are, but again, when people talk about witches in voodoo and film, they're not really talking about Wiccans or Cajun uh, hoodoo. Right. Well, and I don't like. I mean, it's a story. I know there's real life and there's stories. I don't need to have my real life intersect necessarily with a movie. Yes, it it's based on real life. You know what I mean? Like things we know because we're all human. But you don't have to put your um, beliefs into a film. If that makes sense. Yeah, exactly. And I, I think that was the point. I think the point of voodoo was just to be the cipher or the the instigation of, of to have the movie do what it does. I mean, they could have chose anything. They could have chose, um, I don't know, uh, you know, d- devil cults, or they could have chose um, s- some anything. But no, but voodoo is so high profile and has become, um, I guess, um, commercialized in Louisiana, where they now, you know, have little shops all over the place selling it. Similar to uh, the the witch shops that I see all the time in Salem, Massachusetts. I live not too far from here there. So uh, it's become commercialized a little bit. And so if you say voodoo, that's known to everybody and is out in the open while satanic cults aren't. So if they went with satanic cults, it wouldn't make as much sense that she would be uh, leaving New Orleans or, you know, to uh, to get away from a satanic cult that wouldn't be known by anybody versus right. <laughs> you know, so, and it fits the region that she's coming from. And you know, there's movies out there about voodoo, so it's it's not like there's not other movies about it where it's showing it as a black art. Just like you've got you know exorcisms and stuff with the Catholic religion in movies as well. You know, yeah, not every movie is going to be portrayed the way real life is <laughs> otherwise there'd be you know different type of drama yeah no that's absolutely a good point as well um so uh let's see uh a couple of other things um just uh behind the scenes stuff that i forgot to mention so tom tom constabile um this was his first um full-length film 
Uh, now he's he's trying to produce films as well. Uh, something called Hypercube Films uh, is Voodoo's is the first from this new, I guess, production company. Um, yeah. And they have a bunch of other films in development, but nothing out besides Voodoo so far. There's, so you go to hypercubefilms.com and uh, you can see the stuff. So the question is, is it really um, doing anything or is it one of those, you know, companies that LLC that you just create, you know? Right. Um, yeah. So, so we'll, we'll find out assuming any of these other product projects ever come out though. Um, nothing's come out since 2018 when this movie was released. Um, as I said, Shannon Stewart, uh, she's the lead actress, um, done a lot of TV, uh, is a real pretty woman. Um, she's, uh, got a good screen presence and I felt she was pretty good at the, in the role. Obviously the accent yeah. thing may have been a problem, but, uh, she played her. At least 20s. she tried. <laughs> yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. Unlike some actors probably... who go in and don't even try. <laughs> yeah, that's true. Yeah. Yeah. So the director probably told her to try the Southern, or I should say the Cajun accent, you know, she did her best, um, but portraying a 20 something, I think she did really good. And then Ruth Reynolds playing the cousin, uh, more worldly type. Um, and I think she, she was really good as well. Um, and she's done, uh, not too much either, but, um, that's pretty much it for behind the scenes. Um, all right. So what, what else do we want to talk about? What do we, what do we want to discuss? So do we want to start with the beginning of the film and then move our way through? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, we don't have to go scene by scene or anything like that. Uh, yeah, people, no, no. people can just watch the film and then, you know, they, and then whatever we don't have to do is play by play, but we can discuss, yeah, specific scenes and what we thought and, and whatnot. And, uh, I guess we'll, uh, get into spoilers. Uh, so we'll, we'll discuss spoilers. Um, I don't know. Do, do we want to just uh, throw up a spoiler thing and talk, talk spoilers, or do we want to hold yeah, have a whole section? Let's let's throw the spoiler alert up so we can talk freely. Yeah, let's do it. Okay, sounds good. All right, so uh, yeah, go ahead. You you said you wanted to begin from. Yeah, so you know, I've I've said that the beginning was kind of slow. It, it it is a slow burn. Um, it could probably have been cut down a little bit. Um, and. Or maybe they could have added a little more tension-raising scenes um, to make the beginning a little more fluid. Um, but you get to know these girls, you get to find out about them, and you slowly get to find out about what's going on in her life and why she's out here. Um, and you have a cameo from Ron Jeremy in the movie, interestingly enough. Um, and she basically has some type type of relationship issue you start finding out and as they're wandering around los angeles um at one point she gets a call and gets really upset by it that's where you get the most information that she was with a guy who was married so he was cheating on his wife and his wife is some type of voodoo person and uh yeah that just doesn't uh she's getting warned by him because he says that his wife is out in LA too. Right. Right. Yeah. So basically, yeah, it appears she, this is what she claims too, right? She, after she 
she uh, explains to her cousin, she says, basically, uh, she was dating this guy. She really liked him a lot. Uh, the relationship was really good. And, and she even said that she, I think she mentioned at one point that she felt that she may even have loved him. And then she finds out somehow, we don't know how uh, exactly, but the wife, she finds out that after the fact that he's married and she didn't know she, she he was married supposedly. And the wife, you know, his woman scorned is pissed. And, um, as you mentioned, uh, follows voodoo or at least some extreme form of voodoo, not the, the voodoo that, um, has been commercialized or is what folks who follow it without being crazy, uh, believe. And what, what I mean is, is she follows it, the Hollywood version of voodoo, not the yeah. black magic voodoo. Yeah, that's it. Thank you. That's the word I'm looking for. Yeah. Black yeah. magic voodoo. Um, and whether it's true or not, obviously they don't believe it, but she says that, you know, you, you, everybody that lives in New Orleans is a bit superstitious because it's all around us. You know, the commercialization voodoo's talked about all the time and whatever, and it's a big selling point for tourists and things of that nature. And the thing is, though, is the woman, voodoo or not, is obviously um, vengeful because she was harassing her at work. She, even after she had broken off the relationship with the husband, when she found out she was still being harassed by this wife and to be to leave, having to leave the state to go to the other side of the country, just to get away from the insanity shows that, you know, without actually showing us on screen uh, that the amount of pressure and, and anguish that this girl um, or young woman, uh, Danny, has probably had by being stalked by this crazy woman. And then she gets the phone call by the, the ex-boyfriend slash husband of the crazy woman that it looks like she followed you to L.A., and the reason was to continue to bother you, to continue to stalk you, I guess. Is that, is that what you generally got out of it? Or, or yeah, that's generally what I there? got out of it. I just, you know, I feel like there could have been a few more creepy scenes in that first half to try and lead up to it. You know, the second right. half, um, the palm reader part um, was interesting. <laughs> I'm not sure I understood everything she was saying to her. At one point, it sounded like she was saying abortion. Did, did you get that? Yes. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. Okay. So and, it wasn't and, just me. And that actually turns out to be a Chekhov's gun for later in the film, I think. Yeah. Um, and based off of some reviews I read, um, I think that it was implied that she had been pregnant on mistake for about when she, in this relationship with this guy that she didn't know was married, and then she had an abortion. Yeah, and that 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 was a little tenuous. Like you didn't really get that information directly. You just kind of get a sense of that, right? Right. Yeah. I mean, we do get the, a scene in the second half in the Gonzo thing related to abortion, which kind of tells us otherwise. But again, it's still never, um, you know, 
A to Z with all the dots connected to say, yes, it was 100% she'd had an abortion at one point. With yeah. This, the, well, there's another part, too, that makes me wonder if it's talking about an end scene, too. And we'll get into that when we get into the second half. I'll bring that up. Oh, sure. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, there's a couple. I, I, know what you're ta- I think I know what you're talking about. Um, yeah, and then... Uh, yeah, I, I think I see what you're saying though. Like, like for the, the first fifty minutes or forty five minutes of the film, and we find out that the voodoo woman has followed her to L.A. for nefarious reasons, uh, based off of the phone call. Um, maybe they should have had other scenes. You're right. Like, why is that car following us? Or yeah. See that person in the distance? What? What are they? Why are they looking at us? Or you know, I mean, they have one like that at the beach. Some some homeless guy. Yeah, but... that's yeah that. And then there's the scene with her not at the camera. Her friends just being watched by the camera, and something weird happens. Yeah, that's the only other creepy thing. But otherwise, you're just following a regular day in their lives. You know, going out to the beach and hanging out right. in L.A. <laughs> yeah, right, right. I mean, there's the one scene too at the twenty six minute part where she mistakenly turns on the night vision camera and we see something. Yeah. 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 Um, uh, but, but again, yeah, we, we didn't know that it was related to the voodoo woman or, or a woman, uh, that has been spited by her husband and is blaming this girl, this woman, um, Danny for the, infidelities even if danny didn't know the husband was was married because i mean we, we've heard these stories before right where yeah um a woman is dating someone and then they find out they've been dating a married man and the, and the man had been hiding it so it's not uncommon and most of the time you don't blame the woman you blame the man because the woman didn't even know that they were married yep um Let's see. So, so uh, what other scenes or, or parts do we want to bring up uh, related to this this first half and and whatnot? Um, what are we missing? Well, there's the whole scene with Ron Jeremy where he uh, gives her his card and everything. <laughs> Just a little weird part of the movie, I thought. Yeah, actually, when, when I first bought the disc, not knowing that he was in it. Uh, for folks who don't know who Ron Jeremy is, he's a uh, uh, adult film uh, actor from the 70s and 80s and 90s, and I guess even today. I don't, I don't know, but um, he's well known and um, has done a lot of cameos in in a lot of B films and uh, B horror films, B comedies, things like that as cameos. Um, and when he appeared. I was okay with it because originally if I had read that he was in it and saw, I, I would have avoided the film because it's like, Oh, it's just one of those B movies where they have a, a cameo for actors that appear for one minute and, and that's yeah. it. And, and the movies usually suck, but how they use it here, it being a found footage film. And there, and there's, there's just these two pretty girls at a bar downtown in LA. Los, uh, Los yeah. Angeles. You're going to yeah. wa- possibly walk in. And there's going to be f- famous or even semi-famous people there. And having someone like Ron Jeremy just to be there doesn't surprise me and, and actually doesn't take me out of the film. Um, but it, it was almost like a, 
a humorous little moment I felt. Um, and it, it actually like kind of worked. Moments where he just happened to be where they were filming and they just utilized it. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. <laughs> um, and, uh, and it works. It doesn't, doesn't pull you out of the film because he plays himself and he plays himself in a location that it wouldn't be surprising that you would, you would see him at, which is yeah, at a restaurant right. downtown. Um, yeah, and that's yeah, pretty so that, much the first half. I mean, the first half is slow. Um, it, it's not so slow that I'm bored. It's just when you <laughs> contrast it with the end, it's like a whole no- different movie. You know, the last part of the movie. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, well, let's talk about the first half again, just for a second again, which is basically you have a found footage film basically i mean it's not really found footage because it's not like a camera was lost but it's the same principle where someone's one of the two girls is filming the other girl while they're walking around and hanging out in in la now a lot of found footage films have this problem so this isn't just specifically with this film it's with all found footage films which is how long do you run the found footage how many times do you throw in clues that it's a horror film before you make it the the horror film that it is and how, um, and, and what do you do during the found footage? Right. Because I mean, you can do like in the Blair Witch, you know, they're doing a documentary. So they're talking about, um, things when they're walking around whatever and so forth. And, And that is more, related to the point of the film, which is the Blair Witch and the missing people and all that. While a lot of found footage is just films where people are hanging out and then something horrible happens. And that's kind of what this one is. And this one here, um, depending on how much you like the two actors or, or I should say the characters and how much you are okay with um, the day in the life, and if that interests you, will determine whether or not you like the first half, I think. Yeah. And if you can make it to the second half. Right, exactly. Yeah. I think and, there's uh, two types of people. People that can, well, three types, actually. The kind who can, who are going to quit in during the first half because they just aren't stimulated enough. The ones that are going to quit when they get to the second half because they're overstimulated. And then people like us who make it all the way through. <laughs> Yeah, yeah, exactly, exactly, um, and I would I would agree with that. Um, yeah, and I'm I'm pretty good with the first half because I'm I've always been interested or, or uh, happy to watch uh, young people co-ed type films where they're just hanging out and talking and whatever, whether it's a genre film like Spring Breakers or yeah. Yeah, a exactly. comedy like Animal House, you know, so it, it, it's okay. It's, it's good. It, you know, yeah. I mean, even if, if it's not directly related to the, the horror, I still was enjoying myself or I was interested enough that it didn't bore me though. I could see how it could bore some folk. Yeah. It didn't bore me. I just think they could have done some more things in it to make it a little more, um, to lead into the second half better, but that in no means am I saying that the first half is bad. It's just, it's different than the second half. Sure, sure. And, and yeah, and that's why, why I used like the Blair Witch example, which is the whole, fl- the Blair Witch, that the whole film is related to the horror because 
they're talking about the Blair Witch and the missing people in history, and this is the rock that you know ten people died or whatever, and so and then they get lost in the woods, and so the whole found footage isn't just building up who these characters are; it's also part of the horror itself. While a lot of found footages like this one, it's more about the people, and then the horror happens. And the thing is. That you're right. They could, we, as we discussed, me and you already discussed. They could have had other things like things like who's in the bushes. I heard something in the bushes, or you know, things like that. And they didn't really do that. They only had like two scenes of horror in the first 45 minutes, I think. Yeah. And that was that was the the night vision camera and the camera of uh ruth reynolds character stacy on the beach and what happens to her for a couple of seconds and that's pretty much it yeah well and you know it's a little the palm reader's a little bit horror-y oh, but it's yeah. not it's it's more tense than it is horror i think yeah okay okay yeah but we could add that as as another one as but again that's three and 45 minutes right yeah, so that's, that makes it a slow burn, in my opinion. Right, right. Yeah, especially if, if you're looking for a horror film. It's, not, it's like Insidious is a good example of a horror film that had a lot of people, drama, mel- um, melodrama, and whatnot. But throughout the film, continuously, there's little things that are off or scary or whatever that happen. Well, this one here for the first 45 minutes, you know, as we said, it was only three. Um, and, and one of them I felt was, was, was awesome where I actually, I had forgotten about it. And when I rewatched it last night, I had to rewind it for, and, and rewatch it. And <laughs> the, um, the night vision camera. Yeah. Yeah. I was kind and of that disappointed a- that I couldn't buy the film like directly on prime video. Yeah, that, it's that's fairly recent, and I don't understand why it wouldn't be available. Yeah, yeah. So let, let's let's uh, take a break from talking about the film for a second and discuss uh, where you f- people can find it first. And um, yeah, so you can get it on disc, and it's yep. uh, only only DVD, um, and it's thirteen ninety nine or less, depending on where you look, um, or if you buy it used or not. Um, you said you you saw it free on Tubi, but of course you have to watch. Some commercials, but again, that's usually not a problem for some people. Uh, I did look where you could purchase it or rent it, and you're right. For some reason, Prime actually used to have it for free, but it's not there anymore, and it's not even there for purchase on Amazon except as a disc. But you can rent it or buy it on Apple um, Films, Google Films, Vudu. Microsoft, Fandango, and YouTube. Oh, so you uh, can buy it on Apple? Yeah, so Apple, you can buy it for $9.99 um, to buy and rent for $4.99. Yeah, so it's only Amazon, which is interesting. Yeah, yeah maybe weird. they had, yeah, maybe they had an exclusive deal to play it for free for the first year. And then after that ran out, um, they lost the rights and, to even sell it, I guess. That's kind of bizarre. Or rent it. Yeah, yeah it know. is bizarre. 
Yeah, but it's a very. I can always buy it on Apple, and ha- it'll show up in my Prime uh, movie list. So. Oh, okay. You have a uh, special software to do that? No, um, you can link it all together u- using uh, Movies Anywhere. That's that's the software I'm talking about. Yeah, okay. Yeah, Movies yeah. Anywhere. Right? That's like an app or something, isn't it? It's one of the online sites, and it, it you know not all movies go through it. Like there's some movies. Like the Mission Impossible movies, when I got those, I got the digital set, it gave me the digital codes. I can watch those on Voodoo, but I cannot watch them via Prime, even though some of my stuff transfers from Voodoo to Prime, not all of it will. Now, I don't gotcha. know, movies anywhere doesn't have everything, so that's just thing. Right. Oh, okay, interesting. Yeah. So, so yeah, you you could buy it. It's just that uh, it wasn't on on uh, Amazon VOD purchase. Exactly. Yeah. Gotcha. All right. So uh, that's that. So um, all right. So let's get back into um, uh, our film. Um, now uh, let's talk about the first couple of minutes of the film, and this isn't even a spoiler because I mean that's the first three to five minutes of the film, even though we don't even know who these characters are. Yet, mm-hmm. uh, it's it's um, obviously the setup for um, the craziness of of the the main antagonist, I guess, which is the the woman that has been uh, is spiteful for having her husband cheated with this girl, Danny. Um, what did you think of that first? three to five minutes of the film. I mean, it kind of works in the sense that, I mean, the title's voodoo, right? So yeah, it's kind of, uh, for the Hollywood version of voodoo. Again, we're only talking Hollywood version here. We're not talking about what people may think voodoo is today in modern world and all that. Um, it works, but I don't know that it really, that we needed it. Does that make sense? Yeah, I agree. I agree. Yeah. Well, because it's not explained, why it happens basically what happens is um there's a, a a woman who's actually filming herself or not filming herself but filming basically carrying a camera we don't see her but we hear her speaking and all that she has a cajun accent um and she sees a girl little girl and a girl's mom on a swing set maybe in a backyard or a playground I'm not really sure um and then we cut to the mother being dead on the ground and this woman taking the child with her, basically kidnapping after killing the mother. And then we cut again and we see the film is the camera set up um, on the side so we can actually see the murderer now. And she's murdered the child and is doing some like, since it's a voodoo film, we know it's, it's not satanic necessary. So it's, it's some black magic is, is basically what she's doing. Right. Yeah. And she used the, the little girl as a sacrifice to, for black magic. Now we can assume based off of what happens by the end of the film, the point of why it was, what it's there for. So at the end of the film, you can say, Oh, all right, now I understand this first scene, but you have an absolutely good point too, which is, yeah, it wasn't necessarily needed except uh, I guess for uh, a Chekhov's gun t- of what's going to happen, or maybe also a sh- to just have some shock value to start it off as a horror film, maybe. Maybe, and it could be that it's the woman that's 
spiteful. Well, it is. Part of her, yeah, I mean, it's part of a ritual. But you don't know that is what I mean. <laughs> you know, that, that, that goes through your mind as you're watching it. But not until, much, like you said, the end of the film, do you really connect it. Right, right, exactly. I mean, we learn at the, like, the 40-minute mark when they're in the um, car parking lot and she gets the phone call and then she tells the whole story about this voodoo crazy woman now and, and that she's now in L.A., when the point of her being uh, Danny being LA was to get away from this woman. And so, and when she explains that some woman who believes in voodoo black magic, so you can right there, you can say, okay, maybe that's what we were watching in the first three to five minutes of the film earlier. But then at the very end of the film, during the gonzo scene, we see a scene again of this woman in makeup and stuff. But, unless you're astute or you remember what she looked like in the first three to five minutes without the makeup, you may or may not get the connection. Right. Um, anyway, so yeah, so we have that voodoo scene and then it goes to credits and, and then the, the movie is the, the movie that we've already been talking about f- from there. Yeah. It just feels weird at the beginning of it. Right. Right. Um, all right. So, uh, let's see. Uh, what do we want to talk about now? Uh, anything else you want to talk about at the beginning or, or do you want to get into the Gonzo stuff and, and what they're, they're hinting at? Cause it's not only Gonzo, but it's also they're hinting at Danny has a lot more secrets than, and they're, they're not secrets as in like, she's, she's bad depending on your perspective. Um, they're secrets in the sense that she, they're demons, quote unquote, demons that, uh, that she has that she's been carrying with her. And now they're all coming out so we can see them. But again, it's implied. It's never specifically said any of this earlier in the film to make us know whether or not they're true or not, I guess. I don't know how to explain it, but. Yeah, it's. <laughs> I mean, basically, so she's she's in the the place where her cousin lives, and she's gone to bed. Everybody else stayed up, and she starts hearing a drumming sound, and it's driving her crazy. <laughs> yeah, because it's like three in the morning or something, right? Yeah, three in the morning. Sleep. She's trying to sleep. She has a hard time sleeping anyway. So she goes down, tries to get him to knock it off. It stops. She goes back up, and it starts again. So she goes down and everything's changed. There's like voodoo symbols on the walls everywhere. And there's like a black figure with red eyes in the corner. And it's, it's starting to get gonzo. It's not quite there yet, but it's, it's getting there. And, uh, just a bunch of horrific things in the house happened to her. Um, just crazy stuff that she sees. Um, including uh, the guys who are there, they all appear to be dead, <laughs> killed. And uh, she starts breaking down. And then she gets, I mean, can I say dragged to hell? <laughs> well, even before that, right, uh, she finally finds her her cousin downstairs. And she's like gone bonkers. And she has like, like uh, teeth from Karen Black 
in yeah, yeah. Uh, the trilogy of terror, right? Yeah, and she's chasing her around the house, right? Yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and so let, let's uh, explain something here for folks who don't know what we're talking about. When we keep, we keep on saying the word Gonzo, and and if people don't know what that means, um, basically. I don't really know how to explain it. There's Gonzo Journalism, which was a Hunter S. Thompson created, but I, I don't even know what that really is either, and I didn't really do much research on it. But generally, Gon- and, and it has, it's not even really mentioned in the film, Gonzo. It's just what I know what Gonzo is, even though I don't know what the definition is. And I guess, what, what, what would Gonzo stand for for you? Just kind of craziness, just general craziness. Yeah, just weird things happening, seeing weird things. Because Hunter Thompson was definitely a big into drugs, LSD type thing. Yeah, right. That's a good point. And uh, also, uh, Gonzo is very. Um, uh, the word isn't sectional. Um, what's what's the thing when you have a, a scene to scene to scene to scene? that is somewhat connected, but not really connected individually, but as a whole, they're connected. Uh, I wish the word. Uh, I, I can't think of, think of it either. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Uh, but either, either way, that that's kind of what, what we're going at here because, you know, you see, like you said, you see the, this, this black figure in the corner with eyes that are red. And then you see a cross, that's hanging on the wall spin upside down and then you come to the the family room and there's uh, a pentagram on the ground with candles and then she runs into the kitchen to leave out the back door and suddenly her cousin is there looking like she's possessed with by a demon or something. Yeah, that's exactly what it looks like. Not a zombie, but more a demon with these big teeth. Yeah, you know what it's kind of like? It's kind of like the, the demons that you see in Wreck. Remember that film? Those films? The Spanish films? I have not seen those. Oh, or, yeah. Or the movie Demon. Demons. Yeah, yeah, like those demons too. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So if you've seen Demons or Wreck, which you haven't seen either, um, she kind of looks like those. So folks who are, are familiar with that. And then, like you said, there's some of the, the boyfriends and the, and the people that were hanging out earlier have been gutted and yeah, hanging. Gutted walls. And yeah. Um, and so that's kind of what Gonzo is, in my opinion, where it's all linked and it all is connected as one story, but it's, it's very cine- scenic scene by scene and they're they're independent of each other but they all add up to the big picture i guess and again i'm trying to think of that word and i just can't can't think of it um well and it's interesting because it kind of reminds me of the way the end of the house that jack was built kind of goes when he goes down that movie you know what i mean not visually necessarily but yeah yeah you know another one was like that too was emirati I don't know if you've seen that. It's a, a film from from Spain. Uh, it's a Basque film. It's it's on um, um, Netflix. We did an episode on it for Dark Discussions, um, and that 
kind of the same thing as House of Jack built, or, or even this film here. Uh, but you're right. So she's trying to flee the house and all this other stuff, and before she can escape, um, a gate kind of opens, and these other demons, real demons, not not people that have been turned into demons, come and and pull her through the gate, basically into like you said, what's hell, right? Yeah, I think it's supposed to be hell. Yeah, and her hell specifically. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. Um, and at this point, we still have thirty minutes into the film. So if you pause and and check the time left in the movie, it's like thirty more minutes, and we're already at like you would think would be the climax for the film. And the thing yeah. is, is that the the film is this is the climax. It's thirty minutes coming of 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 one big uh, Dante's Inferno, basically for her. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing is, is it very interesting is that you really feel, all right. The, the, one of the reviewers said this when they read the IMDB for the film. And again, let me reread it. When Danny, an innocent Southern girl vacations to Los Angeles to evade her increasingly complicated life, she learns that escaping her past isn't as easy as she hoped. And one of the film critics that didn't like this and the, these film critics that, didn't like this were, were more bloggers they weren't like main film critics there there were this film actually did get noticed from some big name c- companies uh like la times and roger ebert roger ebert yeah there was a review of, on roger ebert yep yeah yeah and that one actually gave it three out of four stars they actually gave it a, a pretty good review um the the thing is is that one of the folks who were upset with the voodoo aspect and, and trying to relate voodoo to satanism um they obviously weren't too happy about that because voodoo for them, I guess, wasn't Hollywood voodoo. They were, they were talking about the real uh, voodoo of, of modern day and whatnot. Um, the, basically, they said she wasn't really that innocent girl. They say when Danny, an innocent Southern girl, and that may be true. You know, I mean, sure, she smokes dope and she has sex before marriage and all these other things. But de- it doesn't mean on, she's not innocent. I mean, right. yeah, it doesn't mean she's evil or anything. You're right. You're right. right. I mean, she might yeah. not know, yeah, about all these bad people out there and stuff. And she's the worst she's done was she was with somebody who was married and she didn't know he was married. So, exactly. um, I don't know. Right. Right. You know, and let's say she had an abortion, which is, depending on your political views, is is not a big deal or is a very big deal. But again, it's 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 not anything that would be considered what's the word uh it, it's not anything out of the ordinary put it that way right right i mean yeah you know it, a lot of, a lot of folks have unfortunately had a situation where they had an unwanted pregnancy and, and had an abortion so either way the, the point is, is she's not a bad person at all uh and as the definition of a bad or evil person is she's not she's a normal person she's you know nice person uh cool to hang out with friendly uh doesn't isn't mean to people. Yeah, you know, she's not she's a good person. So when she gets sent to hell for it seems event, extreme. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Well that's the thing, is is she's not going to hell because she died and she was sent there because she didn't live a good life. She's going to hell because black magic was used against her and that's why she's going to hell. Exactly. Yep. I think it's even extreme for what she did. I mean, it's just like, 
this person was really mad at her. <laughs> yeah, yeah, exactly. You know what it's like? It's identical type of an injustice that happened to the girl or young woman in um, the uh, the Raimi, Sam Raimi film, Drag Me to Hell. Yes, yes, very similar. Yeah, so a girl that really didn't do anything bad um, is cursed with black magic, whether it was voodoo or witchdom, depending or Satanism, or it doesn't matter. It's just some yeah, black. This, they're calling it voodoo in this. It's almost like a mixture of everything. Right. And right. I kind yeah. of when I watch I a film drag, like this, I encapsulate their universe in one. You know what I mean? Like I don't expect it to match real life. So right. I'm okay with that. Right. Right. And and but and the uh, the one in Drag Me to Hell was uh, some sort of gypsy magic. Me, yeah, Mexican gypsy magic, or, or yeah, some, yeah exactly. Romanian gypsy. Yeah, that's what it was. It was a combination yeah, of gypsy magic. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So again, it's the Hollywood thing. It's just, it's just the 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 thing to spark the movie to to go on. But if you're um, going to be offended by that, then do not watch this movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly, exactly. Because uh, Drag Me to Hell got some of that crap too. Yeah, you know, or, yep. you know because you know whatever but you know gypsies and whatnot so um yeah so but either way though that film and drag me to hell this film and drag me to hell yeah the same principle where there's a person that's generally a nice person and innocent gets uh, a horror that wasn't deserved it was a curse by black magic that caused it well, and I have to say we're into the one of the most positive things about the movie, which are the effects. Um, I think they do a really great job of this montage of scenes with uh, in hell. You know, it's just I just really like it. It works. There's something about it that works. They don't go. It's not like CGI. You know, it's more practical effects. And it, they did a really good job with it. Yeah, yeah, exactly. I I thought so, too. I mean. A lot of times people complain about this type of stuff uh, with CGI, but they didn't use CGI. They used all practical effects, basically. Now, I've heard or read some places that reviewed this film that said the practical effects were not necessarily convincing for them. They're saying that it was, well, it was, you know, it was like a Halloween uh, scary house type of effects. But we're not talking about, you know, when we were, we were 10 years old, that type of horror, you know, with the rubber no. mask, we're talking about the, the new ones, which are really pr pretty intense with Hollywood, you know, effects almost. Right. Yep. Yeah, so I agree. I, I felt the, the hell they built and the effects they used in hell for, especially for a low budget film like this were, exactly. were, were phenomenal. We're really, really good. Yep. And their intent was obviously to make it as disturbing as possible. They used a lot of um, colors that, like, Dario Argento or Lucio Fucci would use. So a lot of, you know, European cinema-type um, lenses. And then the effects of practical makeup and gore and things of that nature. So I would agree with you, Barrett. I, I thought it was pretty impressive. Yeah, and it keeps you glued to the screen. Yeah, oh yeah, oh yeah. I mean, at this point, if you just are, I mean, there's enough visuals that if the first half 
was just okay just two kids walking around town and that wasn't for you uh even if this wasn't for you this part here there's enough that you're gonna keep your eyes glued to the screen unless you're offended by you know intestines and and things like that you know right there's some sexual things that go on too that are (laughs) a little high up there true 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 yeah yeah, that's true. I mean, it, we'll, we'll get into those as, as we, we go through it. Um, but uh, let's see, uh, what, what do we want to talk about directly now since we're into the second part, which is the, the hell part? So there's a scene where she meets up with her uncle <laughs> and we find yep. out that she has she had been molested when she was young. And her her uncle has some gir- little girl who's been sent to hell, I guess, or it's maybe his gift in hell. I'm not sure. <laughs> But um, he's that he's making the moves on, and then he tries to get her as well. But um, they're they're whatever's following her with the camera, which we're not sure at this point. My my theory is that it's the woman that cursed her. Oh, interesting. Okay, yeah, that could be true. I, I was just thinking it was various demons that were picking up the camera. But yeah, you could, you could be right. That's yeah, I was just thinking it was the woman that cursed her is following her with the camera and and filming it all. Um, but I could be right. wrong. They they never really tell you. You just the the can that you know we already discussed that <laughs> the found right. footage part of this. But um, yeah, so that scene's interesting. So you find out a little more about her past. Um, then yep. she meets up with her mom too. Yeah. So before she has all these meetups, she's also like getting just mentally tortured by demons like running up to her licking on her whatever she gets put on a she gets chained to the wall by her throat and her hands and they put some burned tattoo on her right like a pentagram yeah, they, brand, they brand they brand her up t- like a pentagram or or the, you know what's that that luminati symbol with the, you yeah. know, the pyramid with an eye yeah it actually looks more like that than it does look like a pentagram it looks more like the illuminati symbol almost you're right, um, right. yeah and they burned it right into her belly um and that we, at once she is burnt with that uh demons are pull away from her once they see it so they bother and torture and and who knows what they plan to do to her but then when her um her uh, top rolls up a little bit and they see the the branding they pull back as if she's met for somebody else maybe yep right <laughs> um so that and then and then there's a scene where uh, uh the abortion room scene so there's a bunch of women being t- uh basically tortured during uh, uh birth and then the babies are eaten or fetuses yeah. and and that and then they keep on saying abortions to her and you know the demon's going as abortion or whatever you know with an air of demon voice and whatever and so that's why i'm thinking that maybe she did have an abortion especially since the palm reader earlier in the film mentioned it to her even well, she, she just didn't. says the word abortion and the reason that i think she says that is because at the very end she gets um basically raped by the one that is waiting for her. And I just keep thinking that she got pregnant by him. And that's why the woman was saying abortion. Oh, really? See, I, I, I thought I, I, sw- I may have been wrong or, or maybe you are, I'm not sure, but 
I swore when she was reading the palm, she goes, you had an abortion. I thought she said you, you were having a abor- you had an abortion. I'm going to have to she- listen to that part again. Cause it's re- her accent made it really hard to tell what she was saying. Um, That's- yeah. In that scene. But, uh, you know, either way, <laughs> it, it's either what you're saying or what I'm saying or both. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, it's that or that scene is pretty horrific with the eating of the babies and everything. Right. Right. Yeah. And then we learn, um, like you say, we, we, we find the mother in the, in, in hell, or at least someone is pretending to be the mother. And that we, we learn here that when she talks to the camera, it's always to the father. So the mother either has passed away or some, or, or has left her. You know, so you, I'm guessing that the mother has passed away. Yeah, that's what I'm guessing too, from the fact that she's down there. Yeah, exactly. Um, and then she tells her that she's promised to someone, and that gets the mother in trouble, and she gets ripped apart, and her intestines pulled out. Right, right. Yeah, and it seems where they. F- when they um, people are being tortured in hell, they show uh, people being tortured in hell and having their intestines pulled out or whatever. Um, and some of the demons take pieces of the innards and try to feed it to Shannon, uh, not Shannon, uh, Danny. And uh, um, and I think that you know that that kind of works as well as a pretty horrific thing, you know, cannibalism or whatever. So um, yeah, it's. it's it's a uh, it's a pretty bad place. Um, they I think the the hell that people of the dark ages felt hell was. I think this is what this director and screenwriter, who are the same person, decided to do, which is basically read something like Dante's Inferno and very and various other uh, books from that era, you know, the old Catholic mythos of what hell is. And yeah, you know, uh, uh, Hammerish Bosch mixed with voodoo. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, exactly. Mixed with voodoo. <laughs> yeah, and then basically to try to film those horrific scenes that he read in those type of books or fables. But there's, and, there's the one room where somebody's getting something shoved up them. That's really oh, yeah. <laughs> that's right. I forgot about that. You don't yeah. know at first because it's kind of in the background, and then it kind of as she's walking through the room, they show it, and it's like. I don't know, three feet long. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, and then they showed uh, like some uh, clergymen um, tied to the wall, forced to stab yeah. themselves. Yeah. So, um, so they're basically the false prophets or the, or the the people who pretended in life that they were men of God but were really um, terrible people. Um, so yeah, yeah, that's. There was, a, there, was a, there was a lot of a lot of them. I mean, again, we're talking 30, 35 minutes of scenes from hell. Um, I don't know if I can think of any others at the moment. Uh, any others you can think of? Not distinctly. It's quite a montage, so it's kind of hard to pinpoint unless they were really horrific <laughs> scenes like yeah. we've brought up already. I, I, my mind is already moving to the to the end scene when she makes it to the final room and her her cousin is there. Yeah. Yeah, that's right. Okay. Let's talk about that. Yeah. So you're right. So the cousin's there back to being human and 
she's crying, and then the demons. She's got a knife to her throat or a machete to her throat. Yeah, and they cut her throat. Yep. And so she, she she's dead. And then at that point is when I think Danny accepts her fate or or just gives up. Yeah, and they all do this little weird thing where they turn down those little dolls. Yes, yeah. I'm not sure what that meant. I don't, I'm not sure either, but um, unless they were all like her and they're all just pointing them down, you know, it's like part of the ritual, I don't know. But there's also a big demon sitting on a throne, too. Yeah, big demon, or or even some, some reviewers said it could have been the devil himself, but... It, uh, it doesn't really matter, I guess. It's just some, like, and it's the demon that we would see in a lot of, um, um, I guess, uh, horror magazines and stuff. So, so you know, like the big uh, barrel-chested, muscular demon with, uh, with, like, almost like like the one that um, the actor that played. Pennywise in the original TV series, he was Tim in Curry in the movie yeah. Legend. Yeah, movie yeah, Legends. yeah, something like yeah, yeah. yeah, something like that. Exactly. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly that 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 type of demon. Um, and this is yeah, this is probably the the scene that may have turned off a lot of people because it's um basically it's it's Rosemary's Baby uh, visually. Yeah, because in Rosemary's Baby you don't get to see it, but in this you get to see her getting raped, so it's a rough scene. Right, right, yeah, yeah, exactly. Basically, she's bent over the table, and, and you see the demon um, doing. I mean, it's it's the horror. When, when we say she's getting raped, what's not what's 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 phrase it so people understand that it, we're not talking pornography here. We're talking about yeah, no, uh, no, there's no pornography really. I mean, you don't even really get to see her. I guess you see her breasts at one point in this movie and that's, you know, right around this scene, but that's not even part of what he's doing to her. Cause she's, you can't see any part of her body really except her yeah, back. Exactly. So it, it's more of a, uh, um, uh, I guess, yeah, sexual violence, horror, basically you, you, here, you, uh, not here because we, we don't hear her, but, but what we've seen in, like I said, a harmonious Bosch painting. Yeah. You know, like they show the people being tortured sexually in in those paintings and, and generally that in hell and and generally that's basically what the, what they're trying to imply here. Um, so that would definitely possibly, uh, turn off some people, I guess. Right. Yeah, I can think of one in particular that probably shouldn't watch the movie. <laughs> sure, sure. Um, and so it's a uh, um, kind of uh, after it happens, all the demons leave, including this main demon, devil, whatever you want to call him. Um, and she's able to get up and I guess escape or leave. Yeah, and, she gets dressed and a gate opens. It's like a cloudy right. gate. Right. Yeah. And so at that point, I don't know what you felt, um, because I, I forget, because, I, again, this is a rewatch for me, and I had seen it like two years ago, and I forget what, what, how I felt two years ago. But did you think when she left, goes through the gate 
and lands back up in the house, that it was going to be an ending of hope, or did you think it was going to still end bad? I didn't or did think you it think was it... going to be hope? I was thinking she was being sent out to to bear the devil's child. Gotcha. Right. Right. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I didn't know That's what my whole whole thing about abortion. Why I was thinking, it. but really the final 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 end really would take away from that when when you see that or maybe not it depends on how you look at it i guess sure sure either way the the final end uh i i thought that was awesome um, it was it was great yeah <laughs> so she I mean, comes into fun. that thing and it says welcome home and you think oh it's not going to be so bad for her now she she's out of it <laughs> it seems well, like a nice house right now yep and then uh, she moves around in the house and finds it. And I'm not sure what you thought, but I was thinking that it was actually her getting eaten on the floor by exactly. one of the demon creatures. Actually what it was, it was her. And, and I'm pretty sure it was her because uh, I mean, they basically kind of alluded to it anyway, but the pajamas of the corpse on the ground. Yeah. were the same the as same the two. That's right. And also, the demon that was eating the corpse on the ground, I think, was her cousin. Oh, yeah, I didn't get that. I thought it was some weird-looking guy. It was really hard to tell. Yeah, so what I was thinking it was happened was is that the cousin, when, when they were doing the voodoo crap back at the midway point of the film, and she's running away and trying to escape, the house and then she's getting chased by her cousin who's become a demon my guess is at that point she gets killed and that's when the gate opens and she gets to hell Mm -hmm. and the cousin caught her killed her and then begins and again what the cousin's possessed at this point as a demon is eating the innards of her and so when her hell happens and she gets marked for becoming a concubine for the the devil himself or, or some master demon. After that has happened, she comes back to the real world again. And it's almost like at the point after, almost at the same point after she entered hell. So, you know, you know, it's like she returns and it's right after she had been killed and she comes into the kitchen, finds her body on the floor, being eaten by her cousin, who is the one that caught her and killed her. And then the cousin says, you're dead. You've, you've died. And, and, and then she gets dragged back to hell. And that's how the movie ends, I think. Well, she doesn't get dragged back to hell. She just walks away. No, no. Away. Remember she, no, that's not what happens. Remember, she falls on the ground. Someone pushes yep. her, she falls on the ground, and then she gets dragged uh, off off the side of the camera. So maybe back to hell. <laughs> yeah, right, right. But either, either way, she's she's dead, right? So her soul is still owned by whatever the demon. Well, my question are. is, is she really dead, or is that like the embodiment of her soul that's getting eaten? And she's still alive, but she's really dead. Like, she's still in the world, but her soul is gone now. You know, like mentally, she's dead because she's lost her soul. Do you know oh, what I'm saying? So I'm, I'm, like I'm metaphorically saying. dead. 
Yeah, I, I, see, I was thinking that she was physically dead, and her soul was looking over her body. Yeah. I, I take it both ways, because I can see it that way, too. That's part of what I thought at first, and then I also thought the other way, and, you know, I started thinking about the devil's child, and I'm probably reading way too much into it. <laughs> oh, I see what you're saying. Yeah, yeah, because you're saying that you're still thinking that she's been impregnated and that she was right, sent right. back. Gotcha. Yeah. So I can see it that that's a good point. Yeah, I thought she was just dead physically and and they were laughing at how you thought you you're say you're back yeah. to hell, but no, you're actually dead. And I actually like that better, but I can see it the story both ways. You know what I mean? I like yeah, the idea I absolutely. of being dead better, but yeah. Yeah, yeah. That's no, and that's cool. a yeah, that's an absolutely <laughs> fair point. Yeah. Um so I, I agree. It could, it could be either. That's, that's an interesting aspect. But um, either way, when they said you're dead, that was that was kind of awesome because it was like the defeatist yeah. ending of a horror film and, and whatnot. Now, let me ask you this about this film here. Did you think um, it was I, – I mean, again, I don't, I don't know how to explain the film in the, the – um, whole category of, of horror itself in the sense that a lot of horror films, you know, you get your teenage horror films like the truth of dears and, and then they have the jump scare at the end after you think the character saved and then they just have a jump scare at the end and, you know, they play the rock and roll music and it's whatever. And it's forgettable material. Again, this, this could just be forgettable too, because it's an art house film or indie, not art house, but an indie film that people probably I don't think it's forgettable. Yeah, I don't yeah. think it's forgettable because the second half really brings it above a lot of other films just because the way it's filmed and the special, you know, the effects, the how way they do the effects. Um, and it's ending, I, agree. I think it's really it's, well done. Yeah, yeah, I, I agree. I agree. The is really well done. And also, I think it's interesting enough um, to continue to watch uh, as one of my Halloween films, for example. So I, I actually had it on my to-watch list for Halloween this past year because I, I thought it was so shocking or interesting of a watch the first time I had watched it in 2018 that last year, 2019, I, was, I had it as a Halloween film. And I never got to it because instead I, I decided to watch all films I had never seen before. Mm -hmm. And so so I didn't watch it. But But I think it's good enough that horror fans who like really crazy films that have, I felt were somewhat scary or uncomfortable aspects would want to watch this film. Yeah. Yeah. I actually, you know, I'm surprised I see on IMDb that it gets a 4.7. I would rate it at a seven or eight. I wouldn't give it a 10. It's definitely not a perfect movie. It's got some unevenness to it, but in general for a horror flick, I'd give it a seven or an eight. That's my yeah, yeah. Right. Well, and that's the thing. It's that I, I think a lot of the people that do the IMDb may have watched the film and aren't huge horror fans, so they're going to give it a bad review. Maybe. Exactly. And also, and also because it's so shocking the, the second half that it may have turned off some people as well. Yeah, it's always going to do that. Oh, but if you look at the actual chart of people. The people, yep. so 17% gave it an 8, and 17.6% 17, 17 gave it an 8, and 176 gave it a 1. 
So isn't that interesting? Right. That's exactly where I was. Those are probably the horror people that are watching it that gave it an eight, you know. And then the people that just never were going to like the movie <laughs> are one. Yeah, and that's a really good point. Uh, I, th- I think that's exactly how it is. And that's that's what happens a lot of times with, with horror films anyway um, by critics, right? I mean, a lot yeah. of people... Yeah, and uh, I'm going to uh, um, Rotten Tomatoes now, and again, not to, a lot of people don't care about reviews and stuff, but I figured to just bring it up and, and give a, a couple of things here. So, for example, RogerEbert.com, they gave it, which is basically folks who don't know who RogerEbert.com is, basically Roger Ebert, after he passed away, um, he had already become a uh, LLC in a sense where he was actually the, 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 the product. So after he passed away, his website still exists with all the, as, as its own entity and they have a bunch of reviewers there and it's uh, um, still in existence today and it's still considered a top review site for people who care. Uh, but they gave it three out of four. Um, and, um, Los Angeles Times gave it a, a big thumbs up, uh, while Variety um, didn't like it that much. Uh, they felt that it doesn't was, surprise me. <laughs> yeah, yeah, right, exactly. Um, and then most of the other people that reviewed it were um, bloggers or, or smaller sites, uh, but those were the three big sites. Um, and two out of the three uh, gave it. Yeah, so top critics: two fresh, one one rotten. So, that, that out of a total of nine reviews, um, and then the other, like I said, the nine, six of them were were like bloggers; they weren't like big sites. Um, so yeah, I mean, it's a pretty ambitious project for a news filmmaker. Yeah. Um, and uh, I felt it was a, a really damn strong horror film because you know, I mean, it, it was somewhat, it was original. I, I mean, I love how he took that you know, the dark ages hell and brought it to the screen. Yeah, totally agree. It's definitely, it's very original. It's not like anything I've seen. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So I, I figured uh, when I was looking through the, like the handful of films that I, I picked up last night to see what we could do. Um, I figured you would like this film. Cause I know you like, you like, you like bliss. And since you like oh, yeah. Bliss, I was th- I was thinking you would probably like this film just for the fact that it was that was kind of Gonzo as well. Yes, they're both similarly Gonzo. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So um, all right, so that's good. So uh, let's get our final thoughts on the film, and then we'll get into our news and and things like that because we we're going to try to make this as we discussed at the beginning of this episode uh, a review of film, and then maybe re- review some discs we've seen and and uh talk about some news horror news and science fiction news and stuff like that make it more of a uh um not, not ad hoc but but segment segmented type of podcast where we have little sections besides the review um so uh yeah uh, why don't you start and give your final thoughts on the film so my final thoughts are I, like i said i would give this a seven or an eight um, if you like really messed up horror films, this this is a good one, um, and it doesn't follow a traditional path necessarily. And how it gets to where it's going and what what's happening in the movie, um, 
it's definitely worth watching um, if you like horror. Um, if you don't like horror, you may not like this movie. That's pretty much it. Yeah, very well. Um, yeah, for me, um, yeah, I, I feel uh, the same. Uh, um, if you, if you like uh, found footage horror, you'll definitely like like it. I think, but um, the second half is is very different and is more like we were discussing total gonzo uh, kind of gore fest. Fat. Uh, you should expect that and not be surprised when it happens. So, uh, though it's a, it's for a certain type of horror audience, um, I think most horror fans would like it. Um, it's it's pretty pretty solid uh, scares, um, good practical effects. Um, the lead actress and even the co-lead actress too, the one that plays the cousin, are are characters that you you kind of like and and and. Uh, they're fun to be with. I, I I was happy to follow their journey. So until obviously the terrible thing happened at the end, but, <laughs> um, but that's the point of a horror film is that uh, terrible things happen to sometimes good people. Um, so yeah, yeah, I would, I would recommend, and I, I consider it a, a hidden gem in a sense. Um, yeah. Yeah. I wish yep. it was more accessible. Like, you know, it's not as accessible as I would like. It's, it's even hard if you're looking it up on, you know, Google, it's hard to find the specific movie. It doesn't go right to it because its name is so generic, Voodoo. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah. Yeah, the, the one, one big mistake of the film is the title. Um, they should have found a more uh, catchy or, or interesting title because, like you said, Voodoo, if you search for Voodoo on, on Google, you're going to find hundreds of things. And then also there is hundreds, not hundreds, but a good dozen films that are just called Voodoo anyway. So if they had chosen a title uh, that would stick out, for example, a good title that stuck out recently was uh, the, more, the recent film, We Summon the Darkness. Yeah, so that's that's a title. If you type that in, that you're going to find the one you want. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Yeah. So now, if you uh, if you're looking for the movie, type in Voodoo Movie 2017, and you'll get to reviews of it and stuff. So it's Voodoo 2017 is what you want. That's the movie that we're talking about. That's because right. there are other yeah. Voodoo movies. <laughs> that's right. That's right. And even though the film came out in 2018, um, it's listed as a 2017 copyright because it did the festivals run during 2017, um, and it it came out in 2018 on VOD and desk. Um, now, would this be something you would purchase? Um, the more we talked about it, the more I like it. Yeah, I would purchase it. And and I may, now that I know I could get it on Apple, so I could still have access to it to where I want to watch it. Um, so yeah, I'll probably, I'll probably pick it up, especially nine ninety nine. That's not bad. Yeah, that's actually a damn good price. I mean, I've, I bought the disc and I, I I don't think I paid 13.99 for it like it's it's now on Amazon. I think I bought it on 9.99 in their, you know, their pre-order sale. Um yeah. and and you know, I've watched it twice now and and you know, it's pay, it's definitely paid for it and uh uh it'll definitely be uh in my rotation for horror films during Halloween anyway because it's it's just a really uh, good film and it sticks out with the regular fare that I would be watching during Halloween anyway. 
if you live near me, I'd watch it with you. I don't have anybody near me that really watches horror, so I, I'm kind of a loner on that out here. Yeah, yeah, same here, to be honest. Uh, I don't have anybody that wants to see horror films with me, uh, even my wife. Uh, so even on TV, I, I watch them alone, and, and when I go to the theaters, it's it's alone. So Yeah, me uh, too. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And it's weird, too, because uh, you always think people who like my, some of my buddies who like science fiction or thrillers or action films, a lot of that people who like those type of films also like horror films. And yet my, some of my friends don't. So, yeah, that's what it is. But you can always tell the serious horror people when you go into a theater and they're the ones alone. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's true. That's true. <laughs> Indeed. Yeah. All right. So voodoo. um Again, 2017, though it was 2018, uh, release to the world. Uh, you can find it anywhere for rent except for Amazon Amazon, uh, for some reason. And you can find it free on Tubi, as you said, uh, with, but with commercials. Uh, though you can buy it or rent it uh, anywhere else, such as Google Play and uh, Apple and whatever. Uh, and most of the rentals are around 399 or 499 or 299 and then the purchases are 999 and you can also get it on disc for used or or new uh on Amazon and it's by Wild Eye Releasing uh was the the main company that uh, actually released uh, the film All right sounds good and we can go into other things now. Um, all right, so what do you want to talk about? Uh, maybe news or discs, anything? So on Tuesday, Invisible Man is being released on disc. Um, what, what is Tuesday's date, depending on people who listen to this podcast? May 26th. Okay. Yep. Yeah. Um, and it's that's definitely a purchase I'm making, and I highly suggest getting the film because it is a great one. It's, pro- it's my number one of the year right now. Oh really? Yeah, yeah. I, I think uh, my number one right now is v- VFW. I think still, still yeah. VFW. Yeah, the Invisible yeah. Man beat it for me, but VFW is a close second. Sure, sure. Yeah, uh, yeah. So Invisible Man was one of the last major releases for genre right before the coronavirus pandemic. Uh, did pretty good. It got excellent reviews. Uh, made its money back because it was one of those Blumhouse films made for under $10 million. Um, it uh, was actually jointly made by Blumhouse and Universal because Universal obviously owns the rights. Um, and the thing is, is that it actually um, uh, went to VOD as one of the first coronavirus films that went to VOD uh, for $20 for a two-day rental for folks who weren't able to see it at the theaters. Um, and I'm not sure how it did there, but uh, fortunately I was able to see it for... Uh, I saw it for 10 at the theater. <laughs> yeah. It's unfortunately, it's unfortunate that they put it at that price point. I think 20 is a little ridiculous. Yeah, I'm seeing it at home. Uh, maybe more people can watch it with me, but you don't know that. <laughs> it may still just be me. So you're basically making a price that's based on what might be happening with the movie. Um, It just, you know, I would have, I'm buying it now um, because I want an actual copy, but I'm not paying that much more than they charge for a two day rental. That's crazy. Right. They need, they need to really rethink their, their, what they're doing. And I can say we bought another movie um, 
Bloodshot with Vin Diesel, um, it was nine ninety nine. It didn't get into the theater because of the coronavirus, and they didn't price it at twenty bucks. So. Yeah, see, that's that's okay. See, that's the thing is that if I rent a, a film for two days for nineteen ninety nine especially for doing this podcast or Dr. Discussions podcast or, or whatever, I'm the only one that's going to watch it. So do I really want to spend 20 bucks to watch a brand new film just for me to watch it? No, I do not. Especially yeah. when I can br- get brand new films that are as good as Invisible Man. And again, Invisible Man is, is a great film and you have it as your number one so far for genre this year. But you know, you can get, you could rent brand new VOD releases like VFW, We Summon the Darkness, mm-hmm. uh, Swallow. You know, you know, you can go on and on. And those films are, are really good films too. And I'm only renting them for six bucks. Right. Or purchasing them for seven ninety nine or nine ninety nine. Exactly. So. Yeah. For example, <laughs> One BR, which is a new film that just came out on VOD, uh, was five ninety nine. No, six ninety nine rental. And nine ninety nine to purchase, and that's a really good film. And I just purchased it for nine ninety nine. So why would I want to? And I, now I can watch it at Halloween. I can watch it tomorrow. I can watch it tonight. Exactly. So why do I want to spend twenty bucks for a film that I'm only going to watch, and I can only watch it one, uh, uh, once or, or as many times as I really want to watch it in forty eight yeah, hours? In forty eight hours, I'm going to watch it every you know every two hours for the whole forty eight. Yeah. <laughs> right right so yeah so it's it's just what it is but now that it's it's coming out on disc you can purchase it and, and you were going to probably purchase it on disc anyway or vod anyway so that's fair if you're paying 20 bucks because now you can watch it as many times as you want similar to how i did with vfw or one br well and it's funny oh, cool. because people like me that saw it in the theater i would have rented it again and still bought it if the price was right if the price exactly. was nine ninety nine to rent it, I might have rented it. I still think yeah. it should have been less than that, but I might have rented it at nine ninety nine and still bought it because I think it's that good a movie. <laughs> sure, sure. Well, you know, it's interesting is that uh, for the Dark Discussions podcast that I'm on, I we were going to do The Hunt, and that was going to be the last film we were going to do before the theaters closed down. But what happened was is myself and Chrissy decided that we didn't want to go to the theaters. And so we said, all right, forget it. We'll wait until it comes out on disc or whatever. And, you know, we'll do other films. And the thing is, is that The Hunt did come out the same time as The Invisible Man, but it was 20 bucks. Right. And and I'm I not, didn't watch it. <laughs> that's right. And so and I won't watch it until it comes down to the normal VOD. Yes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. When it's nine ninety nine for me to buy it on demand or you know, on VOD, well, I'm gonna start on disc. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So and that's when I'll see it. So uh, you know, and and that's just how it is. Um but that's that's good about Invisible Man that that's coming out. Um, you know, uh, people who haven't seen it should see it. It's by Lee Winall. Uh, folks who don't know who Lee Winnell is, he's the guy that wrote Sinister. He's the guy that wrote Saw. He's the guy that wrote and directed Upgrade. So you know, he's, one of the he's, best directors uh, ever. Yeah, yeah. He's, <laughs> That's he's, what I'm he's, gonna say. <laughs> oh yeah, absolutely. Uh, his first two. Uh, I mean, he's a great screenwriter, as we know. I mean, we, I just named a bunch of films that he wrote as screen wrote, but as a director. Um, he's pretty fantastic now too. And he's now considered one of the hot commodities and probably will be doing huge budget films soon now. Um, cause he's had two 
big films in a row now with Upgrade and Invisible Man. Um, let's I see, want I guess a second about- Upgrade. <laughs> yeah, me too. That was a great film. <laughs> Such a great film. Yeah. Uh, let's see, I got some uh, news here. Some random things. Uh, the Purge, the or what is, the Purge Five, or what it's called, the Forever Purge, is the actual title of the film. Um, has been postponed, um, but people don't know if it was postponed because of the coronavirus. You know, where they want to release it at theaters, or whatever, or if it was postponed for other reasons because they were doing a TV show, and that has been nixed. They can't. The USA Network canceled the TV show. Oh, really? Uh, after, I haven't watched the second season yet, but um, yeah, I've got it never, taped. Okay. Yeah, and I never watched either season, but either way, they canceled it uh, just a couple of days ago. And the moment it was canceled, the movie, The Forever Purge, Purge 5, uh, was then pulled from Universal's lineup. Interesting. But, yeah, I know. It is interesting because, well... There's been a big uproar right now about Universal, right? Because Universal released Trolls 2, and it was a $20 rental, as we were discussed. But unlike yeah. The Invisible Man or The Hunt, a $20 rental for Trolls 2 is a little different because if you have little kids, you're going to have little kids and probably the whole family watch it together. So you're actually spending 20 bucks for a whole family to watch it. And you know little kids are going to watch that movie at least three times, if not more, in the 48-hour period, they have the access to it. Yep. So that's a little different. And and they made a fortune on that film. It made over a million dollars, like, the first week. And they didn't have to split any of the money with a theater because it, um, I guess it's 50-50 at the theater, never mind all the marketing. But through VOD, they only have to – they get 80% of the money instead of 50% of the money at the theater, or the Universal. And so they got a lot of chunk of change. And so the question is, was it yanked from their theatrical release because of the coronavirus and they're going to wait for later? Or was it yanked because they're planning to release it straight to VOD because they know they can make some money without going to the theater? Mm. Well, let me ask you, did you watch Trolls World Tour? No, we haven't yet because ah. we were going to rent it. We were going to rent it, but because I have two little girls, but um, we kept on passing it intentionally because we know after the 48 hours are up and the kids have watched it, they're going to say, I want to watch it again. And, and it's like, yeah, yeah, and yeah. they're going to get upset. So we decided to like trick them into other films until they can get trolls for VOD, you know, streaming where we can either buy it or watch it on Netflix or something. And, and they love the first one. And it, you know, the first one was really, I like the trolls movie. I mean, they're funny. <laughs> this yeah, one looked yeah. really funny. So yeah, yeah. I'll, I'll check it out. I'll probably buy it for the kids when it comes out on VOD where I can actually purchase it. Um, let's see what else news I got here. Um, also, um, there was another film that just got pulled as well uh edgar wright uh people may know him from uh that zombie film uh shawn of the dead he his his latest film the last night in soho which is a horror film that was supposed to be released in september has been yanked because uh, of the coronavirus mm-hmm. and now will be released uh in the future 
uh, with an unknown release date. No, it's interesting. I watched the blacklist. Do you do you watch it at all? No, I'm not familiar with this. What is that? Um, it's a show with James Spader and uh, some other actors whose names escape me right now. But what the interesting part of this is that their last episode was a combination of animation and real scenes that they had filmed before the coronavirus started. So their finale was this mishmash of, um, you know, graphics and real scenes. It's kind of interesting. Oh, interesting. Yeah. 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 Some of the things that they're having to do now to, to get things finished or done or whatever, you know? Sure. Sure. Yeah, I'm actually I'm actually reading here that uh, Edgar Wright's film may now be released in February of 2021, but it's still not official. Yeah, I find it. I don't think anything could be official at this point. They just don't know. So. Yeah. Exactly. Yep. Um. Let's see what else. A swamp thing, uh, which was uh, a DC universe, whatever the DC, basically. You, whoever owns DC, I think it's Warner Brothers. They release, they have a a DC app or TV station yep. that people can write. And they had the show Swamp Thing, which came out like uh, a year ago, that got really good reviews and people loved it. But it was expensive to make, and for whatever reason, they canceled it after one season, even though everybody was talking about it and loved it. And so it looked like it was dead. But even though it's now not going to be on the, the DC station, CW picked yep. it up yep. and it's going to be released uh, technically as a 2020 fall or Q3 release in this year uh, as season two. Uh, I worry about and, that, though, because CW can can definitely change things. <laughs> Well, that's true, right? DC was a wasn't a normal television station, so they could have profanities, violence, nudity, whatever. That any, you know, I mean, if you've seen that, I haven't seen the Harley Quinn cartoon animation there, but I heard it's it's like extremely crazy, violent nudity and all that other stuff. Um, so, who knows? I haven't seen I haven't seen Swamp Thing season one, but being on that station, the DC station, they could get away with different things that the CW could get away with. Right. So that makes, that's a good point, but it also makes sense that CW was where it went because I think CW is owned by Warner brothers, which is also, and they have all the, yeah, they have all the DC properties right now, like the flash and all that other stuff. Yeah. uh, Was it Batwoman is on there too, or something like that? Yeah. Batwoman. Yeah. Yeah. So, so yeah, that'll be interesting, but, uh, some people are, are, even though they may be a little concerned, because it's CW, uh, I'm pretty sure they're probably happy about that. It didn't, yeah, go away for good. Yeah, exactly. Um, so we actually be- watched the show Titans from the DC Channel, and it was really good. Oh yeah is is that um uh, about this, like DC? It's based universe? on yeah, it's based on the Teen Titans. Um, who I don't know. I haven't kept up with comics that well, you know, since I was younger. So I don't know if they're now called the Titans or what, but the show is called the Titans and it's got, um, the original Robin who becomes Nightwing in, uh, this comic book, um, and some other characters, but yeah, it's, it's decent. It's really well done. 
But it's the only DC yeah, show cool. that yeah. I've seen directly from that channel. Gotcha. Do you have uh, the DC network? I did not. I, I, I like the Titans so much. It used to be a comic I collected that I bought that one. Um, I bought both seasons. Oh, okay. You, you bought it through like uh, Amazon or Apple or something like that? Yeah, once it came out on disc, I bought it. Oh, gotcha. Yeah, it's just not gotcha. Because I just can't afford every single streaming s- service out there. Right. Do you, and you still have cable too, right? Or dish? Yeah, or I have like cable. That? Yep. Yep. Yeah. Okay. And and yeah. like maybe three or four certain you know streaming services. So. It's, right. You know, at some point, I have to think about how I'm going to continue doing that. So we'll see. Because uh, I have TiVo, which is why I still have cable, basically. Um, and so I can record stuff. But TiVo has recently changed. So now we're starting to get... They were bought by another company, and we're starting to get advertisements before everything I play. That And they're just TiVo advertisements, like whatever they're you know putting out there. Um, but it interrupts the play of whatever I've recorded, which I can fast forward through the commercials on, but I can't fast forward through this dang commercial they put at the beginning. So it's kind of getting annoying. <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's that's a pain in the ass. Yeah, yeah. Uh, let's see. So um, some new titles that, or I should say, old titles that have been released on boutique label disc recently. Um, uh, the German director, uh, I think his name is Nico Masterakis, is known for a number of uh, cult horror films. Uh, he re- they released his uh, Arrow uh, boutique label released Blood Tide. Uh, I don't know too much about it, but uh, I know it has its fans. Uh, have you ever heard of Exorcism at sixty thousand feet? No, but that sounds good. <laughs> yeah, yeah, it's uh, Screen Factory's releasing that one. Uh, has a, a bunch of character actors from genre film in it. Uh, Lance Hendrickson, Bill Mosley, Adrian Barbo, Bay Ling. Um, not sure the year that it came out. You know if it's if it's a newer film or not. But um, it seems like it would be a good midnight movie for a lot of folks. Um, it's so that's coming out. Uh, Scorpion releasing. Uh, released uh, uh, Dario Argento's Sleepless uh, in a big special edition. Uh, I've never seen that film. It's one of his later films, uh, 2001. Um, and let's see. Uh, Al, Addison, Al Adamson, uh, the B-movie director from the 70s. Uh, Severin released an entire box set of almost all his films. Um, so it's expensive though. It's like 180 bucks, but uh, but it has like 20 films and and stuff. So um, let's see. Uh, any any uh oh, the Lost Continent, the uh, which is I think a, a Hammer film. Uh, that was just released by Scream Factory. I picked that one up. Uh, I got it a couple days ago. I haven't watched it yet. Um. See what else has, has been. Elvira, Mistress of the Darkness, has been released by Arrow. Uh, that was from uh, a couple of decades ago. Uh, during her heyday, she she did that comedy. Um, let's see. What else? Uh, looking around, there's, there's there's a bunch of various films, but. Uh, 
some of them are, are more re- older releases. Um, Curse of the Werewolf. Uh, I think that's the Oliver Reed film. It was released in a box set, Blu-ray set, a couple of years ago, which you can still get. But um, it's been released by Screen Factory. So that's a Hammer film. Um, Captain Kronos Vampire Hunter has just been released uh, as well by uh, Screen Factory, another Hammer film. Malabimba, which is a, a pretty good Italian horror film. Uh, was released by uh, Vinegar Syndrome. I picked that one up. I actually double-dipped because I had it in the Severin version, which was a DVD, and now this is a, a Blu-ray upgrade. Oh, nice. Uh, yeah. uh, the Mummy Shroud, another hammer, was uh, just released by um, Scream Factory. Um I was looking at uh, getting, it came out, I think it was released last August. Um, It's not a horror movie, but um, Apocalypse Now Final Cut, that's on 4K. I was thinking about picking that up. Oh, yeah. yeah. I actually like that cut of of that film. Yeah, me too. Yeah, yeah, that's definitely. But in uh, 4K, I'm trying to imagine that movie. I think that would be really good to have. So thinking about picking that up. Yeah, yeah, I would agree with you on that. Um, okay, so a couple other good films by Aquino Lorber was a, a boutique label that a lot of people forget about because uh, they release not just genre films, but they release a lot of damn good genre films. Uh, they had uh, they came from Beyond Space. They just released uh, Secret Ceremony uh, that was just released. Cannibal Apocalypse was just released. So um, they always have a, have a good release. I, I actually may think they may be my favorite um, uh, boutique label. J.T.I.M. Moy Non Plus. I bought that Modesca stars. Um, uh, what the hell is that? The Birkin, uh, Jane Birkin. Uh, it's kind of a romantic uh, genre piece. Perfect Friday, which I just picked up as well. Ursala Andres. It's about bank robbery and stuff. That's a thriller. Um, what else? Do they have uh, Night Patrol, the comedy that that was just released by uh, Scorpion releasing. Um, what about yourself? Um, have you seen any any films recently, or TV shows, or played any video games of interest? Oh man, what have we watched recently? We've been watching so much stuff because we're home so much. I'm trying to think what we oh we watched Pennyworth. Um, it's an epics show um, based on uh, Pennyworth, Alfred Pennyworth of Batman lore. <laughs> um, it's about his early life and how he meets Thomas Wayne, and uh, it, it was pretty well done. I was I was pretty pleased with it. Um, I only know that it's on epics. I don't know if it's available anywhere else, but it's it's worth watching. Interesting. Okay. Okay. How, how did you hear about that one? I was flipping around and I, you know, Comcast keeps changing our channel lineup on us without telling us. And uh, they got rid of something and gave us epics. And I think they got rid of our stars channel. And now we have epics. Um, And so I was looking around at it and found that. And we just decided to watch it. It was pretty good. I mean, I love Batman stuff. So. (laughs) Sure, sure. Yeah. Um, 
Have you, have you played uh, any recent uh, video games? Have you ever played um, Dead by Daylight? Everybody's I have not that. played that. I've been playing um, something called XCOM Chimera. Um, it's part of the XCOM series made by Firaxis Games. Um, you, it's squad-level combat, and you're fighting aliens that are trying to take over the Earth. Um, and this this one, it's basically uh, the aliens have left, but there's still aliens on the planet, and they're trying to coexist in one big city, and you're basically policing the city with your little squad. So, is it first person shooter or something? It's isometric, so you have a top down view, and you um, give each character commands that you're you're running, and then there's aliens throughout wherever you go, and you're fighting them killing them or knocking them unconscious or whatever you don't have to is it like one of those is it like one of those uh games where you're um you do think you collect supplies in the day and then set up at night or something or 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 is it missions you have missions that you do and you breach these rooms and fight what's ever in there and as you're going you you're getting technological increases and your characters are gaining experience. So they get different abilities at each level and they can get scarred. So if they get really hurt in a mission, they have to go and get healed from it. Or you just have the scar that gives you negatives, um, you know, and how your character acts like they might have less will or they can't aim as well or something like that. So it's a lot of fun. It's I like squad combat, so it's pretty fun. Yeah, that's cool. That's cool. Yeah, yeah I've been playing uh, Dead or Alive Six. Uh, yeah, how is it? Yeah, it's it's pretty good. I I've always been. I'm not really a fight fan video games, but way back I, I I had started playing Dead or Alive, like you know when the you know Dead or Alive two or three came out, and so it is always one that I've favored, and um, so I I bought it a couple of days ago. Um, it's really good. It's as good as the others. I felt um, the character designs are great, and um, it has all the elements from the series that people like. You know, the the special moves and the the hot costumes for those, for the female characters and the um, storyline mode and arcade mode and um, against mode where you can play the computer one-on-one and choose a character to fight or, or with a co-fighter, you know, someone you play with. Uh, so it's pretty good. It's, uh, I, if you like, um, Mortal Kombat or Tekken or whatever those games are called, this is, uh, similar to those. And, uh, it's this one series that I, I've always played and, and liked. Um, yeah, I haven't played dead or by daylight, which is the one I, I mentioned a little while ago. Um, but I was thinking of buying it. I haven't bought it, but a lot of people are enjoying it. It's basically I, what I'm told is that there's four. You play four characters, and you play online, I guess, with other characters too. But uh, I'm not sure if you can play just against the computer. But you have four people that are trying to escape from a murderer, and the murderer can be or just some random murderer, or it could be a monster, or it could be um, a monster from your, one of your favorite movies. So they have like Ghostface and Leatherface and. Uh. You know Michael Myers and all that other stuff that they don't call them that because they don't own the you know can't get the rights, but they just make someone that looks like Leatherface or they made someone that looks like Ghostface. Um, 
And it's pretty popular. And I guess people who used to play that Friday the 13th game have gone on to this game. And, and, and it may, it's getting even better reviews than Friday the 13th, I'm told. Oh, wow. Yeah. Um, so, I just yeah. saw that uh, comic actor Fred Willard uh, died at 86. Fred Willard. How do I know him? He was uh, in Best in Show, This is Spinal Tap, and Everybody oh, Loves Freeman. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah. He, everybody knows Fred Willard. You're right. Yeah, you're right. yeah. You know him the second you look at him, yeah, <laughs> or hear his voice. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah he's, he's been in a lot of stuff. He was pretty good. You're right. He did pass away. Look at that. Uh, and again, t- for, we're recording this on May 16th, 2020. Uh, so for folks who are curious, uh, how about that? Uh, I don't believe it was coronavirus related. Just, no, uh, just like natural causes. Yeah, yeah, exactly. So, uh, anything else directly related to news or what you've been watching or anything that you wanted to mention or no, that's it. All right. Sounds good. So, uh, uh, this is, um, somewhat of a new format next time. We, we, we decided to do this like, literally like eight hours ago or, or not eight hours <laughs> ago now that's like 24 hours ago i emailed you uh saying hey would you want to do a podcast and you said sure um and so obviously we weren't as prepared as we, we were expecting um we, we were prepared in the sense that we've done dark discussions podcast enough that um we knew how we were going to do the review for the film but again we're going to add other sections like movies and and i mean not movies um new releases and news and stuff like that so the next time we record this we're going to be um more prepared with the the those sections i think so you yeah. know you, you know what we'll we'll do is you know when we decide the date to record we'll have a week or two to decide what we want to bring up um and, and we can have those things ready to go um but i think it went pretty good uh, for uh, Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews reappearance after <laughs> a good year, it seems. Um, we're planning to do this, uh, I guess, monthly. Sound good for you, Eric? Yeah, yeah, monthly's good. All right, cool. And um, I think with the amount so of extra things we're going to do, it, it'll probably be good. It'll give us time to compile some things we want to put into it. So Exactly. Exactly. Uh, so, uh, if you guys want to email us at darkdiscussions at aol dot com, uh, please do. We'll read your email on this podcast. Uh, so, you know, give us your thoughts on um, the new format, uh, what you thought of our review of the movie Voodoo. Um, if you see it and want to give your thoughts on it, um, any news that you want to mention that to, for us to read on next episode, which will be, um, in June and, uh, or anything else you want to let us know about genre related, uh, just email dark discussions at AOL.com. Also, uh, you can join the dark discussions podcast, Facebook group. So just search for dark discussions podcast, Facebook group, where all Halloween boutique psychotronic review, uh, topics will be discussed. Because this is a uh, podcast spinoff of the Dark Discussions podcast, uh, but you can find this podcast both 
under Dark Discussions Podcast or Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Reviews. Search for either wherever you listen to podcasts and you can hear us there. Um, and also our website is darkdiscussions.com um, and there's a page directly for the Halloween Boutique Psychotronic Review uh, podcast. Um, anything else you wanted to bring up, Bert? No, I just want to thank everyone for listening, and uh, this was this was a great time. Yep, absolutely. All right, so I guess with all that stated, uh, Barrett, why don't you lead us out? Thanks for listening, everybody. We had a great time. Um, let us know what your thoughts are. I told the witch doctor I was in love with you. I told the witch doctor I was in love with you. And then the witch doctor he told me what to do. He said that. I told the witch doctor you didn't love me true. I told the witch doctor you didn't love me nice. And then the witch doctor he gave me this advice. He said that ooh ee ooh ah ah ting tang walla walla bing bang. Ooh ee ooh ah ah ting tang walla walla bang bang. Ooh ee ooh ah ah ting tang walla walla bing bang. Ooh ee ooh ah ah ting tang walla walla bang bang. You've been keeping love from me just like you were a miser, and I'll admit I wasn't very smart. So I went out and found myself a guy that's so much wiser And he taught me the way to win your heart My friend the witch doctor, he taught me what to say My friend the witch doctor, he taught me what to do I know that you'll be mine when I say this to you Ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, ting, tang, walla, walla, bing, bang Ooh, ee, ooh, ah, ah, ting, tang, walla, walla, bang, bang And I'll admit I wasn't very smart So I went out and found myself a guy that's so much wiser And he taught me the way to win your heart My friend, which doctor, he taught me what to say My friend, which doctor, he taught me what to do I know that you'll be mine when I say this to you, oh baby Ooh-ee, ooh-ah-ah, ah, ting-tang, walla-walla